ecstatic nipplegasms and breast orgasms. I was on my epic six-day sex date a number of years back, and over the course of these six days, my lover and I kept a constant sexual simmer. So there was plenty of sexual affection interspersed throughout the moments when we weren't actually in bed, and we were in bed a lot. So as we were getting dressed for yoga, we would kiss. As I would lock the door to the room, I would lightly brush his groin through his shorts before we stepped out onto the path. He would rub my breasts. In the onslaught of that intense love and sexual contact that was constant, I felt my breasts grow and radiate. They felt alive and conscious and like they were taking in information like another sensory organ. And I'd never felt that before, this sentient awareness in my breasts, like my eyes, like my fingers. They and I were interacting with the world in a whole new way. And it was like this barrier had come down in me, in my heart, and I was feeling my entire chest and my breasts open to the world. They were fluttering and bursting with pleasure all of the time. So in today's episode, I want to launch right into our well-fucked all-star segment. Amanda is going to be sharing on how she went from being a sexually closed, non-orgasmic, as in not having any orgasms, to having the full orgasmopedia range of orgasmic experiences, including nipple and breastgasms, which we will focus on today. So she describes her journey of what she did, and then after that, I will break down the steps. Well fucked all stars! Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. So I would love to hear about your journey of breast self-discovery and how that led to you having breast and nipple orgasms. Yes. Magical nipple orgasms. Like one of the other impossible things that you know women surely can't experience <laughs> but of course as i found out it's totally true and possible so and, do you um, mean to say that you initially like maybe had heard of them and wondered if they were possible or didn't even know about them i definitely didn't know about them as being like i guess a real thing like i remember totally growing up like hearing that women really enjoyed like having their nipples played with and stuff, but I never heard like a nipple gasm. So right. I definitely didn't think it was like in the category, you know, of possible orgasms for sure. Right. So how did that open up to you then? Yeah. So for me, like my whole, well, my, my entire sexual journey, like started with your work. Like I, I, uh, I took both the well-fucked woman and vaginal Kung Fu and so for me, yeah, it totally started with uh, the well-fucked woman. And actually, the whole connection with my breasts, I feel like, was really the gateway to opening up the rest of my whole sexual experience. Like, basically, by the end of doing your work, I totally became, like, <laughs> I went from never, ever having an orgasm to becoming multi-orgasmic. Um, in a really short period of time, which completely surprised me because I was when I discovered your work, I just was not in a good place sexually. So I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't see how I could get there, but I definitely did. And for me, like probably the biggest gateway 
was actually the relationship with my breasts, like, like regular dedicated breast massage, like just as you, you know, recommend it is like really core to your work. Like I, that was kind of my first gateway to really beginning to feel sexual pleasure, which I hadn't felt in a long time. Like just, just to give you a little insight into my life at that time, um, my husband and I we were both working like crazy, going to school, all that stuff. And we had a really young son and our, our sex life was like basically at a standstill. It just was, there's was nothing going on, like really resentful and it just was not good. So like I knew that this was something that I needed to do. And um, yeah, like I was just kind of like, how am I going to feel, you know, this pleasure and stuff that she talked about. And like I said, for me, I think that the biggest gateway was definitely the breast. I actually started to feel pleasure um, by massaging my breasts like really regularly and feeling that sense of, you know, self-love that you talk about, like the breasts, you know, are representative of, of nurturing and all that and all that and your own love for yourself. And it just really helped me to reflect on, I guess, how much I, how much self-love I was not giving myself, especially that time in my life, like having a really young son, like I, you know, working so crazy, I was just like completely and utterly depleted. So yeah, like at that at that time in my life, like when I think back to what my breasts, you know, like physically looked like, they, they looked exactly as depleted as I felt. Like um, they were super duper, super saggy, like, really small they had shrunken actually a little bit and uh, when i started to do the breast massage and like really really intentional like really trying actively you know to give myself um that self-love they they completely changed their physical form actually changed as well like i actually said because you just you know you kind of talk about the whole concept of like infinite possibility and just like really um really, really using your intention. So I was like, I'm going to grow my breasts, you know, like I'm going to grow them like a whole size just to see. And, and they totally did. They got way fuller. They grew an entire cup size. And so that's, that was, you know, great on a physical level, but, um, they, they just like, they actually started to feel pleasurable to me, which was really shocking. Cause that was actually even, even, um, you know, earlier on in my mind and my husband's relationship where I, where we did have like a decent sex life and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I still didn't really want my breasts to be touched. That just wasn't like a sexual part of my body, which is totally wrong. So, um, so yeah, that just kind of continued. I, um, it actually was some time before I actually experienced like nipple gasms because that really wasn't something I guess I was maybe trying to have for a while. So basically what happened is I went through um, the Walfuck Woman and then I did VKF like um, when that came around um, the following year. So VKF just, like, being even... vaginal Kung Fu for the newbies oh, yes, around yes. Anami Land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking acronyms if you're used to oh, Well, I was just thinking before, like, well, I paused you here is like when you talk about your former self, like, oh, I didn't think of breasts as being part of me and the sexual experience. It's like really hard to imagine you as that person knowing who you are now, right? And how like open and sexually exuberant you are and what a radiant 
different person you are. It's hard to imagine that like a more closed it's version. It's hard for me to remember. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, like so much wasted time. Like, I feel like I had the same, you know, relationship, I guess, with my breasts that most women do nowadays. It's just their objects. They're not really for pleasure. Like, and again, this, I can't speak for everybody, but I remember feeling like, oh, like those people that feel like nipple, you know, like pleasure, like how weird, like it felt like kinky to me when it's wow. just a completely natural, beautiful thing that really is a normal thing. Like, like you always say, like all of this, all of this incredible pleasure that you talk about that our, our whole body can really feel like that's, that really should be normal, including, you know, breast pleasure and nipple pleasure. So, um, so yeah, like I always like after, after taking well-fogged women, like definitely had, um, breast massage as a regular part of my, my day and they just continued to activate. Like they just felt amazing. Um, physically, um, they, I really felt like, I guess, kind of like an armor, like, like, of course they're with me all the time, but like having them with me, you know, felt like an armor pretty much. Like it just felt, I felt like I could really stand so much taller and, um, really be myself and, and totally like, I literally cannot wear bras anymore. Like it, they, it just feels like wrong to have them. Like they're so activated now. So I'm going to challenge you on the word armor. Like maybe we, cause armor, I almost think of as like a defense or protection in a negative way versus maybe we phrase that as a positive armor, which is what I think you're saying, right? Like a positive strength or protection or way of protecting you out in the world without cutting you off from the world. Because I think that for some women even who, and there can be this reverse hyperbole of like really wanting everyone to look at their breasts in a way that's not even very authentic right it's more of an attention seeking um they become almost this negative armor versus having them as this beautiful luscious kind of open experience interacting with the world but they are supporting you and strengthening you totally and that's that's a really that's actually a really good distinction so i guess just to even share like how they look to me in my own mind like they look like these kind of like gold shimmery you know like breasts I guess but they feel like they're literally lifting me up so um so yeah like, I don't know if armor is the best word but it just like on a on a deeper I guess more soul level like I feel way more strong and confident when I am in tune with my breasts so it does feel like an, an armor you know but like not, a spiritual not, armor maybe and um, yeah, so like a good example of that is also during that time in my life, I had like what I would have viewed as the most terrifying job in the world, which was a door-to-door -door canvassing job. I got this like job um, selling like organic produce subscriptions to your door. And that was something that I always thought was like literally the worst thing you could do for a job ever. But I really challenged myself with what I was learning from you um, with just, yeah, like your sexual energy, like really becoming this, like, you just don't care about what people think about you anymore. And you just feel so much more, you know, confident and whole inside. So like, for me, like that type of job would have been, well, actually was when I signed up, just like the most terrifying thing, like going up to strangers and trying to sell them something that you don't know if they want. And I, I do remember literally like walking up, you know, to each home and 
like feeling my breasts, like not at all. And like you just mentioned, like in a, in a showy way, but it was for me, like, I felt like, I don't care what happens, you know, like in speaking to this person, like I feel amazing. And I, I literally did like, I, when I look at them, like to me, they look shimmery. They look like either like silver, gold, like shimmer. And I just always felt very, you know, whole no matter what. And, um, that, that, that sexual power that I felt like really carried on even in that way, because I, I actually did amazing in my job. Like I was one of the top like sales people of this job that I thought was terrifying. So, you know, like it just, all this work that you talk about really does translate um, into your outer life as well. Um, so that's, that's like a little bit about that. But um, so yeah, like just continued on my journey. Then I ended up taking vaginal Kung Fu as well. And just like even further um, connecting with my breasts. Cause you have like, you know, a whole other section about that um, in the salon. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think my relationship with my breasts could get even better than it did. And they just continue to feel like more and more activated. That's like the best word that I can think of. They just felt, you know, um, they felt like an actual part of me finally, like not just like these flabby things that I used to kind of view them as frankly, like um, they really felt like they were for me. And really too, well, I like- think, I was just gonna say like, I think that's really common in our culture because breasts are, especially in women, the most visible expression of sexuality, right? And they're often very um, on display and there's, you know, a lot of energy projected on them that I think doesn't come from the woman herself, right? Like of her own sexual desirability, of her viability, of her maturity, like whatever, right? All of these things get, and it's sort of like the most common, even in say media or TV or movies, like have naked breasts. Like it's this titillation, right? That's coming from the breasts nonstop. So I think that most women will, you know, evolve with a layer of something, this, some kind of projection that they've absorbed on top of her breasts. Yeah. Like you, well, again, like if you're not connected to them, it kind of feels like, who are these for, you know, like, that's what I remember kind of feeling like, are they for the world? Are they for my partner? Are they for me? You know, but then obviously they, as I came to find they're absolutely, you know, for me, it's, it's basically in, in-house made, you know, medicine for yourself. Like when you're connected to them, like just so, so many things happen that you really wouldn't, you know, expect. And like, they're just like, for me, like when, if ever, you know, there's a time where I'm feeling down or anything like that, or just disconnected from life, it's a really great way to like, just get right back, you know? and to just to be fully embodied and feel like integrated again if you're if that's what i do when i feel disconnected like the breast massage your breasts vagina yes i get sad i don't know <laughs> maybe not that quickly but yeah totally it's it's definitely related um so you go to the vagina and you go to the breasts when you're sad and you feel better <laughs> absolutely and um totally so so then like again, at that point, um, I hadn't experienced like nibble gasms yet, but they, as I mentioned, they were really starting to feel like way more activated, way more pleasurable. And I actually finally, you know, enjoyed them, uh, you know, in sexual play with my husband, which I never had before. 
And um, so then also, also during this time, it was pretty soon after vaginal Kung Fu, um, I became pregnant with my, for my second pregnancy. And I was completely blown away. Like that was my second pregnancy was probably one of, well, it is actually probably the most sexually powerful time in my whole life. Like, I feel like I just desired myself kind of like, like a partner would like, I totally fell in love, like with myself and desired myself. And that was something that I absolutely did not feel in my first pregnancy. It was very, very disconnected the first time. So, um, I feel like all of that work I had done, you know, the previous like nine months or whatever it was just like, I was activated just fully. Like I had just gotten rid of so much programming, whatever stuff was like stuck in my body, like it was gone and just made space for all of this, um, you know, pleasure and sensation and stuff to just like, just arise pretty much. And <laughs> one of the first things that happened like really early on, I think I was maybe only like a couple months pregnant or something like that. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like my breast just started to throb with pleasure. I was like, just unprovoked you know like I wasn't touching them like nobody was touching them and they just started on their own accord just started to like to feel pleasurable as if somebody were touching them and um I god there were times where I would yeah I would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes like out of sleep and they would be full of pleasure. So then I would have to, then I would have to breast, I would have to do the breast massage pretty much. And like, and that's when I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like this feels amazing. I'm going to try this nipple gasm thing and see what happens. Like, um, so I did, I, I spent like just tons of dedicated time, um, massaging them and like, that, that really was the name of the game, honestly, with time. I just spent a ton of dedicated time, like the whole breast and then the nipple as well. Like I, I just focused a long time on the nipple and I, I couldn't even like stop. It just felt so amazing to me. Like I just, you know, I'm like, what's happening? I'm pregnant. Like this feels so good. Like what's happening? Um, like I, I said, wanna... it's just so funny from being disconnected before to going to that. Yeah. And I want to really highlight that because I think one of the dominant messages, especially with the Madonna whore conditioning, right, is especially when a woman becomes a mother that she becomes almost devoid of, or there's this huge taboo around sexuality, which then for most people starts during pregnancy. And I think that we almost we've inherited this, this subconscious programming and very conscious in some ways that sex and motherhood are divorced. And I love instead hearing the journey of somebody who's consciously aiming to awaken their sexuality. And so then in the midst of that, when they do get pregnant, that their sexuality is even amplified. Like this becomes a portal for their own sexual development to be accelerated, right? And I think about the breasts and their role in breastfeeding and as these great alchemizers of things in the body and converting whatever we have in the body into this literal ambrosia, manna from heaven, right? Like this, the best possible food a human could eat that we 
create in the breasts and that your breasts are just being, you know, woken up and the way you describe them is beautiful. These shimmery orbs and crystalline orbs that these superpowers are being activated in them and all this sexual pleasure, right? That if we're open to it, and I often think that some of the worst you know, experiences, it's kind of like the idea of depression. Like it's often referred to as suppressed anger, right? That people who are depressed often have a lot of emotion, but a particularly anger that they've, you know, tried to stuff down. And then that manifests as depression, immobility. And that I think, say like in the example with pregnancy, that if there's all of this sexual energy, that's naturally trying to come through. But if women have their own messaging and their partner messaging and society and family messaging, that that's the opposite of what should happen, that they're actively or even subconsciously shutting that down. And then that manifests in stagnancy or difficult pregnancy, or even postpartum depression or challenges in birth, like all of these things, because where there's this effort to su suppress that energy that is naturally there. And at a time when it's just on fire, because your experiences mirror, mirror mine, right? When I was pregnant, like I was so hypersexual, I had the same experiences with my breasts where they were just like this, had this mind and life and sex life of their own, right? Like constantly, you know, voracious, and that it was just a beautiful, I mean, I was already in, into sex, but I mean, this just amplified everything. I was like, I want to be pregnant forever. <laughs> like, this is the best. <laughs> exactly. I love that. I love what you said about having a sex life of their own. Cause that's what it felt like. Like it felt like they, it kind of felt like a breast or to me, like my breasts kind of feel like a separate entity in a way, but also obviously very integrated into my body but yeah it felt like being woken up by a lover it was crazy and and yeah like I totally agree with what you said too like um with my like I mentioned with my first pregnancy it was just very I was very out of tune with my sexuality but I also like obviously had not done that sexual work beforehand but total different experience this time like I just spent so much time like really, really working on myself in that way. And, you know, I guess that's, yeah, that's what I wonder with so many women who just think that they're not sexual during pregnancy. It's like, well, what, what was it like, like right before that, you know, and how much, how much intention was there beforehand, like with their sexuality. So for me, like, I, I know the difference now and I'm curious to, obviously to see what happens next time as well. Like <laughs> During um, the just next what, pregnancy. what that's like. Yeah. And um, yeah. So like I said, um, so actual the nipple gasm, like, um, yeah, I just like literally couldn't help it. My breasts wanted to be played with. So I obliged and um, they'd already been so, you know, awakened, I guess that it didn't take like, terribly long to actually actually experience them and um kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier like I'd never actually before you heard of a nipple gasm I definitely heard of pleasure before but I, I guess I just wasn't sure if there was any kind of like a you know that like over the edge or over the edge type feeling or or expansion you know maybe like you know, G-spot or cervical orgasms. I wasn't sure if it actually got to that level where it felt like a nipple gasm as opposed to just a lot of pleasure, you know? And, um, and yeah, like to me, like in my experience, there is like, there is like 
you have a nipple chasm. <laughs> it just feels like this very, very like, I guess it feels most similar to me in a way, maybe to G-spot. It's for me, it's very prolonged. Like it's definitely like markedly feels like um, a super heightened pleasure that lasts for like a long time, but also kind of like can get higher and continue. Um, and then like at that point, this is probably other people's experiences too, but like, I, you know, you just get so turned on that you just then self-pleasure and that's what I would do. Then I would just like, just continue the whole self-pleasuring session, but like start with a nipple gasm, you know? And, um, in, in pregnancy too, I felt like that was just such a beautiful you know gift to my growing child too like I, I thought it was really interesting actually that in pregnancy my, my breasts were so so you know were feeling that pleasurable because obviously the connection with breast milk and all of that so it just felt like an entire preparation to um having a really incredible breastfeeding you know relationship with my baby and giving both of us that love from you know having them so alive and we, we've had an incredible breastfeeding journey. Our, I mean, our relationship is amazing. She's like the sweetest angel in the world. And um, yeah, the whole pregnancy was just like that. Well, I wanted to say too, like this idea of what you said, that the breasts are really giving love, right? Because you have inhabited your breasts with love and you've, you know, they've been this journey to open up your heart and combine that energy and that your breastfeeding experience then is really shifted. And I wonder if that's why a lot of women, most women experience challenges with breastfeeding or they don't have the same kind of joy or they see it more of a duty or they think they're supposed to do a certain amount of time and they try to get away with whatever they can, <laughs> like rather than having this pure ecstasy through that experience. And there's, I think there's also judgment and stigma around that, right. Too, of having too much pleasure, like through, through the breastfeeding experience. And I love that you said that because it really, when I, when you were saying that gave me this visual of not just the physical components of breast milk, but the energy of love, the energy of radiance, the energy of all of these expansive feelings also being channeled through to the breast to your baby, right? And I think that's the big thing that probably isn't in the common Western vocabulary to talk about, right? Like that kind of energetic gift that they're receiving through this work that you've done to really activate and open them and combine that with all this love energy where probably for a lot of women, the energy that's then going through is their own insecurities, their own fear, their own frustration or disconnection with the breasts. Oh, 100%. Like, I think it's a seriously, um, well, just unacknowledged, honestly, like it completely unacknowledged, like practice um, or exercise to have, especially well, for mothers in general, but the entire lactation, you know, like breastfeeding conversation, like nobody talks about it. It's kind of like, if you think you're, you have mastitis, like maybe massage your breast a little bit, you know, that's literally kind of the only capacity where it's discussed. And there's not, there's no talk about doing it beforehand, like prepping, you know, there's nothing about building that relationship beforehand, like at all. Um, maybe in some circles, like um, but not really, it's not really discussed. And it's, it's always like, it's always that, like a 
pathologized version like again like right. oh you you might have mastitis you know right. so get rid of that block it has nothing to do with with self-love or love for the baby or any, any of that none, none of that is talked about and I obviously know from experience about how it's so you know it's so easy in modern you know society for for mothers to feel so depleted and this is a way for you to to fill your own cup you know, so that you don't have that like massive, massive burnout. It's a really good defense against all of that on a, you know, emotional and physical level. And cause, cause yeah, breastfeeding is really, really demanding, you know, especially in the beginning. And this just makes, in my view, in my experience, it makes the whole thing like just so much more joyous. And, and like you mentioned, like much more of a connected experience, like with, with your baby and um, really helps, I think, for me to have extended, you know, a very extended um, breastfeeding relationship. So um, it's definitely, I think, something that needs to come up more in the whole, that whole circle. Well, it bridges that very uh, tented or very unbridged um, set of subjects, which is motherhood and sexuality, right? So as soon as we're talking about the breasts having any kind of pleasure and, you know, healing capacity, and then mixing that with motherhood, we've just gone into forbidden territory, right? So how can't go there? But that really does seem like the secret that I do think that women can get energetically and physically depleted through breastfeeding if they do not have any other energy coming in, whether that's self-nurturing, partner-nurturing, support in their lives, and the immediate and accessible sources of breast energy and vagina yoni energy, and getting tapping into that and then being able to use it to rejuvenate ourselves and then pass along that energy to our baby. Yes, and I just, I have to reference one of your other podcasts because it just makes me laugh, but... Um... Uh, it was one of the birthing podcasts with Yvonne and she mentions like, you know, just massaging her breasts, like in front of her doctor. And she was just like, well, well, gotta leave the room. And she just did not care. And I think that's like, absolutely the attitude that women need to have, you know, about their touching themselves and and needing that for themselves and being like, well, if you don't like it, then you can leave because we we need that. It's, it's a central medicine for women in general and mothers. So absolutely. I love that. So you had also spoken about how they, the breasts, I love that you talk about them being the gateway and they really help to open the door to your sexuality overall. And you also mentioned how they were also a portal to the deeper vaginal orgasm. So once you kind of got on that train of the breast pleasure, that that helped lubricate the path towards the deeper like cervical orgasms. Definitely. So yeah, because there there just is like the breast, there's like a heart connection. And as you teach, like the cervix is also related to the heart. So it it only makes sense that they would kind of all, they would open, you know, that the the whole cervix area would open too. So um, yeah, I think a definite, definite gateway to that as well. Like, um, because what I noticed too, is like, when I'm really in tune with my breasts, and definitely during, you know, the pregnancy that I'm talking a lot about, like the cervical orgasms just come even just so much easier and faster. Like I know they can take a lot of time, but it's pretty easy for me to just kind of have them, you know? And, um, I just, it, it really is, it's all related. And I feel like, especially like I was mentioning, like, um, you know, I would be 
massaging my breasts, you know, when I was, when I was pregnant and all that. And, um, then I would self pleasure. And just like I mentioned, like, I just felt so, so, so open, like so well lubricated. I just needed, <laughs> I needed, you know, to have sex or self pleasure or whatever. And like I said, it just took so little time, I guess, to get to those places. Like that's a huge difference that I noticed is when I am connected to them in that way, um, the deeper vaginal ones, they happen more quickly and more of them, I suppose. Um, and definitely, I would also say that I've experienced full body orgasms as a result of my my breasts. Like what I what I've felt and what I've noticed is just when you when you are you know massaging them and activating them, they're feeling all pleasurable. You just feel like so much energy like moving through your body, and. Um, yeah, like I, I have at times just experienced a full body orgasm just from that, just super like radiating like out of your body. And because um, obviously as you teach like clitoral orgasms, there's just a very marked and like easy kind of like drop off feeling, but it's not like that with the breasts at all. It's very, very expansive and doesn't have that, doesn't have that drop. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely all related. I love it. And I just think this practice of connecting into the breasts and seeing that there is so much potential there, right? Where it can seem like this latent or dormant part of ourselves, just like the vagina can seem. And yet when we place our attention there and we have the intention to open and awaken and activate, there's so much richness there for us, not to mention, not to mention off the charts, orgasmic pleasure. So, um, yeah, it's so inspiring. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share that we haven't covered? We haven't covered. I think we pretty much got covered it all. A lot. I, I just yeah. would like to say that it's real. It's definitely real. Um, and yeah, I think I think as a quote unquote tip, like I mentioned, like a lot of it is just time. Like I said, like I didn't actually experience this kind of orgasm until many months later. And after I had become so completely activated and, and really spent um, just really intentional time trying to get there. And um, so the more that you, you know, keep trying, it's really inevitable. It really kind of is just a matter of time and how much you're actually going to stay committed to doing that for yourself and not like expecting it to happen, but just continuing to, to give yourself that love and that essential, you know, medicine. And then it's really, it'll definitely happen. <laughs> if you build I've, it, I've they gone will from Exactly. I mean, I went from literally never having any kind of orgasm to all of them. So I'm a really good example. <laughs> Becoming an orgasmopedia. Yeah. Yes. But it is. It's if you build it, they will come. And sometimes when I see, you know, short little three or four minute videos on technique and it's like, this is how to get a G-spot orgasm or this is how to have a breast orgasm. It's like, okay, well, yes, you can rub your fingers in that way. But if you haven't done all of this other preliminary preparation work and you haven't opened yourself to a certain degree, you can have all the physical technique in the world and that is not going to get you there. And so all of this other stuff is laying the foundation to really open yourself up and prepare you to be able to have these deeper experiences 
experiences, like clearing out your energy fields, opening up your meridians, clearing any kind of blockages you have, whether they're emotional, energetic, mental, spiritual, physical, and then paving the way for these things to happen. So you put in the, the beautiful, fun play practice and you reap the rewards. Yes. You just, you have to surrender to the possibilities. Like I, you know, originally took your work. I was like, you just talked about this incredible sexual world that was, you know, available. And I was like, well, I want that, you know? So it's just like, you just have to know that you can have that too. Like I kind of take that, um, view with a lot of different things. I'm like, well, somebody else did it. Like, why can't I do it? You know? So just really completely being open. Like that's what I found in, in my experience and all the orgasms really is just like completely letting go. And then they actually come to you way quicker. So. And that's a whole art in itself, the art cultivating, letting go and opening and surrender, which is a massive challenge for a lot of people. And to be clear too, what, what Amanda said about this was available. When I say this is available for people, I say it's available for everyone, no matter your circumstances, that this is the Anami guarantee that everyone can. And like I said, I think the big reason why people think they can't, or they, they just don't think they, you know, like, or they're told this misinformation that, oh, not everybody can, or they watched, you know, a few minutes of a video with a couple physical techniques and they try that and it doesn't work. And they don't realize that there's so many more dimensions to creating these experiences. So I'll say it again, everyone can. And here's Amanda as a fantastic example of someone who wasn't having any orgasms and having like in a much more sexually closed place. And now as a, like I said, a veritable treasure trove of orgasmopedia and like ecstatic experiences. Thank you so much. It's completely and utterly transformed my life in, in every every way. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. So appreciate you coming on to share with us. How amazing is Amanda's story? What I especially love is seeing how during the experience of pregnancy, if we embrace and open to our sexuality, this energy prepares all of our reproductive organs for birth and motherhood from the breasts to the cervix and how if you build it, they will come. So Amanda gives a great synopsis of how to have breast and nipplegasms and I will summarize these steps here. So first of all, we talked a lot about the idea of waking up your breasts. And Amanda was even saying that the key to having her nipplegasms and breastgasms was this exact process. And I always give this advice to people on their quest to have vaginal orgasms. You need to wake up the vagina. Most women have numb vagina and most women also have numb breasts. So this pervasive reproductive numbness is symbolic of all of the internalized oppression and repression that women absorb into their organs. All of the taboo, shame, trauma, conditioning, judgment from yourself or others, if not confronted, lands squarely in the terrain of our reproductive organs until we clear them out. These are the issues in our tissues, as Wim Hof says, or the issues in our tissues. <laughs> so in order to unveil and unleash the true sentient power and organ 
orgasmic potential of the breasts, breast massage is your breast friend. I teach a dedicated breast massage routine in both of my salons for women, vaginal kung fu, and how to be a well-fucked woman because it is so important. Even five minutes a day in the shower or anywhere is enough. Not only does the massage get your circulation flow going, it increases lymphatic drainage and movement, it clears out toxins on a physical level, and it also clears out emotional toxins. So there are several, no less than six, energy meridians flowing through the breasts, including the kidney meridian. In Taoist thought, the kidneys are responsible for the overall production of sexual energy and the flow of female waters. As we clear and open up this meridian during massage, we are encouraging all of the waters to flow. Any of the defensive armor that we have built up gets gradually and lovingly melted away. Breast massage also encourages self-love and it helps you to reconnect to your breasts and your heart. And because I consider breast massage such a staple in the Anami repertoire, I have just created our new line of Anami Aphrodisia body massage oils, including one for breast massage called Breast Bliss, which you can find in the Anami Alchemia online shop. So second thing to look at is healing and opening your heart. So whatever you consciously work on in the realm of emotional healing will help you to open up your heart and reduce any protective shielding that lodges itself into your breasts. In the Anami Alchemia online shop, I also have two crystal elixir remedies that are perfect for this. The first one is called Heartbreak Healer, and this is all about clearing residue from past hurts and emotional trauma and relationships and leaving you with a tabula rasa or a clean slate. And the second one is our luscious Trinity elixir. So this is three elixirs combined into one package, and it helps you to connect the heart and the cervix and to remove old deep trauma, including wounding from sexual abuse, and it activates the pathway from the cervix all the way through the heart and to the crown chakra. So third step would be the idea of self-pleasuring the breasts. So even if your breasts seem to be numb and unresponsive to touch at first, the way Amanda was describing and many women experience, keep at it. So as we said, even a short daily breast massage practice will begin to de-thaw them and open them up to feeling ecstasy and bliss. So the more time that you can spend with your breasts as a self-pleasure practice. So this is assuming that let's say you start out doing the breast massage as more of a healing and opening opening and activating practice and then eventually that leads into feeling more and more sensation and pleasure and then you spend time in deliberate self-pleasure just as you would with your yoni and eventually they open to you and they become orgasmic pleasure centers of their own. So you can explore all different kinds of touch and stimulation and find out what works for you. Fourth idea, pro tip, get pregnant. <laughs> so haha, just kidding, sort of. I do think that pregnancy lights up a woman's sexuality and sets it on fire if she is open to it. And this can be a divine portal to more easily access all the different kinds of sexual feelings as they are much more heightened in this state. So if you are 
in the midst of pregnancy or looking to become pregnant, then the idea to cultivate your sexual energy and work on this, then really, I mean, I spent all, I did several podcast episodes over in the fall on wild, ecstatic, free birth and the connection between sexual openness and having a really easy, really pleasurable orgasm during pregnancy where these... Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.